When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. So I certainly had a topic in mind for today's podcast, uh, and yet it, it seems difficult on this Friday to talk about anything other than one of the bigger news items to come out in, in quite a while. Some have called it maybe already the, the October surprise, and that is that Donald Trump, as well as his wife Melania, have tested positive for COVID-19. Now, I'm not going to get into hysterics about this. Let's Let's be honest. The odds are in his favor that he'll survive. I mean, I know that's what some people are 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 looking at and, and some even, you know, wishing for that, that he might, you know, pass away. The odds are in his favor. I mean, he has some of the best medical care in the world. It sounds like they caught this relatively early in the disease process. Now, you know, let's not I mean, let's be honest though. I mean, there is always a chance that this progresses to something worse. Um, he does have, you know, some things that put him at risk. Uh, namely his his age, um, potentially, you know, I don't know his exact weight or BMI, but he's certainly is somewhat overweight at least, you know, and he might have some other comorbidities, some other diagnoses that may put him at risk. And I, and I don't know a whole lot about his medical history, but certainly things like even just hypertension, um, um, any other type of pulmonary cardiac problem, you know, those are all, thing, all things that would come up as well as, you know, you also wonder about his, his stress level that his body's been put out, uh, what's being put on his body. You know, day after day, being on the campaign trail. You know, he's been doing this for quite a while. He certainly um, has has a lot of stamina. You know, I'll, I'll give him a lot of credit for that. And that might bode well for him. It's, it's hard to say exactly where he was at when this actually happened. So I'm not going to get into hysterics and, and act as though his death is imminent. Odds are he'll be fine. I don't want to rule out the possibility that, that, you know, he's not fine or that it progresses into, you know, some, some more severe form of, of COVID-19. Um, but he'll probably be fine. However, that doesn't mean that there's no, you know, even if he's asymptomatic or just mild symptoms, you know, for the duration of the infection, that doesn't mean that there aren't major implications of this. And let's start off with, with, uh, at least the most popular guess or the most popular suggestion of where he got it from in the first place, and that's uh, Hope Hicks, one of his uh, top advisors, who I believe it was yesterday, Thursday, um, tested positive for, for COVID. And of course, it was um, found out later that she was probably symptomatic a little bit before that even, and yet had continued you know, to travel with the president um, to, to uh, I forget where he had a rally yesterday. The day prior, they'd actually traveled to Duluth, which is my hometown, um, I didn't go to see him personally, but he was here. So uh, potentially she could have been symptomatic and or uh, contagious, you know, even back on Tuesday or Monday, right? And and then you have to start asking yourself, well, how many other additional people has she had contact with? Or is there another individual in, you know, close uh association with the president that is tested positive as well and, and doesn't even know it. Now, the reason I bring this up is because, again, Hope Hicks tested positive yesterday. Maybe she's symptomatic Wednesday, Tuesday. I don't know. It's hard to say. 
Trump got his positive result already, you know, overnight heading into to Friday, you know, around midnight here. That is a very, you know, very short incubation period, very quick uh, time for a positive test to, to return. Um, oftentimes it's longer than that, potentially, a, you know, five, six, seven days after the, you know, the exposure before you can actually test positive. And so you have to start asking yourself, you know, how many other potential people in Trump's cabinet or in, you know, the, the upper level of the U.S. government have had exposure in the past week to Hope Hicks or somebody else? First of all, I mean, there's Joe Biden. I don't know exactly who he had contact with before or after the debate. Certainly he was sharing a stage with Donald Trump, though. And even if, you know, they did maintain social distancing, they were in the same room talking a lot. I saw both of them talking a lot, like a lot for like 90 minutes. And of course, this isn't the the easiest thing to spread ever, but it is pretty darn communicable. Right. And and what about, um, again, what about his, you know, Biden's exposure to other people within Trump's cabinet? Right. What about you know, some top leaders on, on the Capitol Hill, Mitch McConnell. He, he was holding a, an event just the other day with, you know, I think it was in the White House with Donald Trump, with Amy Coney Barrett, who is the, you know, Supreme Court nominee. You know, it, it, she potentially was exposed to Hope Hicks and or Donald Trump or somebody else, right? And so you can understand Sorry, you can understand where the the comp uh, the where this sort of cascades into. This is more than just a question of how bad will Trump's illness be, or how long will he have to to basically be isolated, etc. No, this this quickly turns into a question of just how many people in the upper level of U.S. government were exposed to to Trump, to to Hope Hicks, to others that that potentially had it. And then, you know, as these people add up, as you add to that equation, not just Donald Trump, who has his own risk factors of his own, but potentially Joe Biden, who's, we know, is a lot older, right? What about Joe Biden? You know, how is he going to potentially respond to a COVID-19 illness if he were to test positive and actually have it? What about Mitch McConnell? Other congressional leaders, you know, uh, Amy Coney Barrett is relatively young, I'm sure she'd be fine. Statistics would show that she would be. However, you have to ask, how does this affect her nomination? Not that it's going to be rescinded, but could it be delayed? There's only like 30 some days to the election, guys. And the idea was to try and get her in before the election, get her confirmed. And yet this might put that on hold for, you know, two weeks. You know, if it continues to spread around the U.S. government, potentially longer than that. Now, I'm not going to delve into conspiracy theories, which have already erupted. And then, and that's, you know, they're, they're fun to read. You know, uh, did, what, did somebody intentionally infect Hope Hicks, knowing that she would be close to, to Donald Trump as an advisor of his? You know, another one that people haven't suggested is, what if the, the Republicans intentionally um, infected her? who in turn infected him, right? Plausible, uh, not plausible deniability, but but it looks more plausible at least, you know, give it to her. And then and then to him, right? Knowing that he'd be in close contact with Biden, right? Maybe they were trying to give it to Biden. You know, they, you can go whatever way you want with those conspiracy theories. And I'm not necessarily buying into them. Let's be honest. We don't need a conspiracy theory to, to find a conceivable way for somebody in Trump's 
um, cabinet or in Trump's uh, close circle to somehow get the infection because this is an infection that has, you know, we have how many positive tests here in the United States? I can't remember. Joe Biden kept saying the number at the debate, 7 million, something like that. You know, probably more positives um, that just, you know, never were tested asymptomatic or it was early on and they couldn't get a test, you know, so 15, I don't know what the right number is. It's not surprising that at some point, um, one of the busiest people in the country and his cabinet and his, his close, you know, inner circle who are also very busy and associate with a ton of people wouldn't also get at I me. Mean, that's how viruses work, but you can understand how this could be disruptive to, to the U S government, to the nomination process. And you also have to wonder some of these other elderly individuals within U S government, what happens if they get it as well? Maybe Trump's going to be fine. He probably will be. He probably won't have to be hospitalized. But what about Mitch McConnell? You know, what about Joe Biden? What about some of these other, you know, top leaders on either side of the aisle? What, what happens if all of a sudden we're dealing with 10 men and women over the age of 70, then statistics would show that, yeah, there's a good chance that at least one of them is going to be you know, maybe hospitalized, potentially, potentially die, you know, depending on, on their health status and whatnot. This is a pretty big news item. Now, now markets have reacted to it, surprisingly. Um, oh, first of all, silver and gold you know, went up moderately on the news. I think, again, markets have to, to really examine this and, and realize that this is, this is a big event, but it's not, it's not like Trump is going to die. Most likely, you know, it's, we, we really, you'd have to play this by ear. Gold and silver are both up gold back above 1900 silver, you know, back up around $24 an ounce as I'm recording this, this morning on Friday, um, the Dow Jones, which hasn't opened yet, um, Dow futures are down something like 400 points in response to this. Um, this is a big news item, something to keep an eye on for sure, uh, and, and see how it affects these markets. I mean, you have to understand that this is, I mean, they call it the October surprise, I guess. That's what always happens in October is, is a, ma a major surprise in regards to the election. Um, but some of these adverse outcomes that I'm talking about in today's podcasts, is only going to contribute to maybe confusion or, or the, the hectic nature of this 2020 election, which in typical 2020 fashion is, is a crazy one by, by all measures. It's going to be a crazy one. I talked about my last podcast about, uh, on the debate, you know, Trump and, and the moderator even, and, and Biden are already setting the stage for, either A, a disputed election, or B, at least an election in which we don't know the results of it until until uh, well after election day because of mail-in ballots, because of all that, you know. And, and when you throw into that um, more confusion, uh, a couple COVID-19 infections in the, in the top levels of the U.S. government um, and, and potentially some other adverse outcomes related to that, well... What, what did we expect from a year like 2020? You know, I'm not going to jump onto the bandwagon and say 2020 is the worst year ever. The, you know, it's gotten a lot of flack and it has been a crazy year between COVID, um, 
um, racial tensions, uh, you know, even, you know, some of the other things that were brought up earlier in the year, like major wildfires in Australia and now more recently major wildfires on the West Coast here in the United States. Um, and I'm sure I'm, I'm missing plenty of other major 2020 events. Uh, it has been a crazy year. But, you know, let's be thankful we're not living in 1942. Let's be thankful we're not living in, in 1917. Um, when you put it in context, 2020 has been a crazy year, but it could be so much worse. So as always, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's podcast and God bless.